This <laughs> dick's about to be a meme. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys will never know. Did you record that? Um, your words that you just said, yeah. <laughs> nothing, nothing before that did I record. Uh, Perfect. Oh no. All right. Well, that's out of context. Take it as you will. <laughs> Dang it. Just like about to take this dude. No. This mini dude. This is this is a somber moment. It is. I know. Oof. Sometimes we like to combat sombriety with humor. It's the trauma response. Yes. You guys um, heard last week we did a mini episode on Dave Grohl, and we had recorded that episode before we knew about Taylor Hawkins' death, and then we found that out, so we thought it would only be fitting to do a mini episode on Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, because he's pretty badass person and a drummer and he recently passed away um so i think that we're gonna keep the bullshit to a minimum on this episode probably yeah, yeah. so uh jake you want to just burp it out yes. yeah burp it out expel get some gases here yes like i said bullshit to a minimum <laughs> so you're gonna have to get the demons out we'll try okay hello everybody welcome to death by music podcast and today like we just said, we're talking about Taylor Hawkins, who just recently died. Um, I th- believe this is probably the first story we've done, so where the person has done uh, died recently. Yeah. Um, or this so recently this is literally a week ago. So right. uh, yeah. Yeah. At the point that this comes out, it, it will have been like two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, we try to record a, in advance so that we can get all of our editing and stuff done. So this is a, it's going to be a little late for you guys, but um, this episode. Well, that's Jake. Mm-hmm. I'm Alex. Correct. Oh, right. That's Cassie. Hello. She's pointing, just in case I'm you're pointing. wondering. I know you where can't we were see. At. I feel like you could feel it, though. <laughs> you could feel it in the, my heart. Mm-hmm. We're in, we're in uh, Trario. What? It's a not triangle? Stere- stereo. Oh. You get three channels. Yeah, but s- uh, that doesn't make any sense anyway. She said <laughs> keep the bullshit to a minimum. <laughs> Stere- it's not like stereo <laughs> means two. It's sti- yeah. the sti- this ST part. Anyways. Um, <laughs> all right. So this article is from ultimateclassicrock.com, and it's by an author whose name I recognize because we've used his... We've used his articles before, Martin Kilty. Um, okay, so, and it's about Taylor Hawkins, his before his first big tour with the Foo Fighters. So it's not a long one, but we'll talk about it. Prior to joining the Foo Fighters, drummer Taylor Hawkins endured six months of, quote, torture during his first major tour. Hawkins, 50, was pronounced dead at his hotel in Bogota, Colombia on March 25th, in tributes for musical artists around the world, it's become clear just how loved and respected he was. But that wasn't always the case, as Hawkins told Classic Rock in a newly republished article from 2014. Around 20 years earlier, the drummer explained he was in a sappy band going nowhere and working in a music store when he heard that Canadian singer Sass Jordan needed a drummer for her European tour with Aerosmith. I was like, fuck it, I'll do that. Even if I never do anything else, he recalled. I had a stupid confidence. I thought I was the best drummer in the world. I really did. A lot of people said I was great all the time. And those who didn't, I thought they were just stupid. That was just bravado. <laughs> that's, that's a good attitude to I have. I mean, I feel like drummers are usually pretty confident. Yeah. 
No, that's so. that's a good it's a good way to get yourself ahead. You just having that that confidence. Like I am the greatest drummer in the world. I'm going to go out and do this. And if you don't think so, fuck you. Uh, yeah. I mean, Roger Taylor came out and said that he is one of the best drummers of all time. So who? Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. So um, I believe Paul McCartney said the same thing. Yeah. So I was reading a. Paul McCartney did a little tribute for him as well, and he was like, I was shocked when the Foo Fighters asked me to play drums on one of their albums. He was like, you guys have Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins, and you're asking me, Paul McCartney, a bass player, Mm. to play drums on your album. So he sat there and did it in front of them both and was like, what in the shit? (laughs) Well, uh, he he was one of the better drummers in uh, the Beatles. Beatles, In the Beatles, but not in the (laughs) Foo Fighters. Like, no fucking way. But they they asked him to do it. And I I also just watched recently um, when the Foo Foo Fighters were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall Mm -hmm. of Fame or they were playing it or something. And um, Dave Grohl was standing on stage and was like, I didn't learn music traditionally or professionally everything i learned he had one lesson i learned from paul mccartney he was like i had a beatles album i had a beatles songbook and I had beatles um lyrics and i learned everything from this guy right here and then they brought fucking paul mccartney out to perform with them that's so forget cool. back and it was dope yeah he also listened to a lot of disco records and would take like there was an interview he sat down with Pharrell and was telling him all the songs that he like copied for Nirvana, mm-hmm. and Pharrell was like, "If you wouldn't have told me that, man, I would have never known." But it makes sense now because he yeah. was using a lot of disco, disco beats. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hawkins secured an audition through Jordan's musical director and guitarist Stevie Salas, known for his work with Rod Stewart, Mick Jagger, American Idol, and more. I went there thinking I already had the gig, so I was going to show them how fast I could play the drums. Hawkins said. I blasted through a couple of songs. Steve Salas stopped me and said, Hey, did you listen to the tempo of these songs? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know all of them. But he told me that I didn't know them. He took me outside and beat me. Just kidding. He took me <laughs> outside and told me to listen to the music and think about the way it was played and the tempo and not to play drum solos. So they basically wanted him to be a robot. <laughs> well, I mean, you have to learn how to play. Right. In the, the studio. Basic, the basic song. Yeah, and he was just trying then to be flashy. Elaborate. That's yeah. what he was trying to do. <laughs> Another fine. thing, I, I, I watched an interview with him, with Taylor Hawkins, talking about when he first met Dave Grohl and like his first audition, I guess, with the Foo Fighters, because they they had some other... I mean, obviously, Dave Grohl did the whole first album. He did the all front to back by himself. We talked about that on his episode. Yeah, they had a dr- like a different drummer for the first album. Well, he, Dave Grohl did it, um, I think, all himself. I think he might have recorded it first, but then they had a different drummer for the for, like, tour. tour. Yeah. So Taylor Hawkins was saying that this other drummer, like, yeah, he was great at playing on tour, but it, you don't have to be as tight. You're just playing to a loud room of a bunch of people who are screaming, singing along with the songs, whatever. It's one and done. But when you're in the studio, you're, you're, every single beat is being scrutinized. Right. And he was like, this dude couldn't handle that kind of pressure. Oh. So that guy was like sitting in the studio and he was trying and every single beat, they were like, no, this, <laughs> it, no, re-record it, re-record it. And he couldn't do it. And so eventually he quit. And then um, Dave was like, they're looking for a new drummer. And Taylor was like, I'm your new drummer. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to be your new drummer. And he was like okay (laughs) and they were like homies anyways yeah so admitting he didn't really process what Salas had told him Hawkins returned the next week for his second chance quote he wasn't happy he said I wasn't ready for this gig 
but he said he saw something in me and gave me the job. He said, I'm going to bust your fucking ass, but I didn't care. $375 a week, a bunk on a bus, and a trip to Europe. Hell yeah. But that following month in rehearsals, he wore me out. There would be times when I wasn't sure if I'd be coming back the next day. He'd be like, too fast or too slow. Have you seen the it movie? It was intense. The movie Whiplash. I was just about to mention that. Oh, it's that okay. scene from Whiplash. Yeah. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I want to see it. I want to see it. Because last time I came over a couple times, Jake has shown it to me because Weird Al oh, yeah. parodied it. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. scene. <laughs> just that scene. Who's the actor? J.K. Simmons. Was he in it? What? Oh, Miles Teller. What? No, no, no. J.K. Simmons, the bald guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, they cut up the movie and put Weird Al okay. into it. So they, okay. he was like doing his scene where he's yelling at the kid, like, go faster, go slower. Okay. Or were you pushing or pulling? Whatever he was saying. But they, they cut Weird Al into it. It was hilarious. So instead of it being the kid, it was Weird Al. And he was like, he's playing the accordion. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he plays the song fucking perfectly. <laughs> and he's like, stop. Too fast. And he takes it over again. He's like, he's like, too slow. And he's like, man, I don't know what you want from me. I'm doing the same fucking thing every single goddamn time. Yeah. It's just, it's so <laughs> funny. Weird Al had this like oh, look, phase in, in his career. <laughs> Weird Al had this phase in his career where he was taking like popular scenes from pop culture, whether it was an interview or a movie or whatever, and he was editing himself into it to make the other people look dumb. Okay. That's so fine. it was fucking hilarious. He did like the Eminem interview. Oh yeah, his I interviews. remember that. That was so fucking I funny. I'll have that. to share them in the Facebook group for yeah. the listeners. He did a lot of the interviews I want probably through the nineties. Yeah, he just During, parodied yeah. all these like super yeah, famous just, interviews. Yeah, he cut up their interviews and just made up his own things. I he wonder was so if that's good at how editing. um Zach Galifianakis got like between two ferns. I mean he wasn't editing himself in, but like he just started asking people dumb questions. Yeah, maybe he might have been inspired I, mean, I think by Weird, Weird Al, Al might have um done some of those too, just like re edited but he did such a good job of editing himself into these things. Like the, he got the lighting perfect and Amazing. like the the film quality. Well, so he's he, a performer. Yeah, yeah, of course well, he, he did. I mean, he had a team doing it. But, yeah, you know, no, it was just it was, it was a professional really outfit. Good. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, anyways, okay. So the experience of the Aerosmith tour was also intense. Stevie Salas would be screaming in my face during the shows. This ain't no high school gig, and would tell me that he thought I should probably go home. Hawkins revealed. He tortured me, fucking tortured me for six months. But he added, I still love him. He'll always be one of my mentors like Dave Grohl. He was the one guy who beat it into my brain that I wasn't the best drummer in the world, that I have work to do. But he said I have something that couldn't be taught. So Hawkins noted that Salas ripped my ego out of my body and put it back the way it should have been, reporting... I still talk to him every couple of months. He comes to shows and I'll get nervous. Oh, that's Aww. cute. <laughs> yeah, I read that or I, I watched in that interview that Taylor Hawkins was drumming for Alanis Morissette mm -hmm. at the time uh, that Dave Grohl was now looking for a new drummer. And he was like, but you're playing with Alanis. And he was like, yeah, but Alanis is a solo artist and you guys are a band and I really want to be in a fucking band. And he yeah. loved how Dave Grohl was singing and it was like his brother. He was like, please just like, let me be your drummer, dude. Yeah. Um, I saw another thing where it was saying Dave, you know, was talking about how he was going and playing stadiums and then he came back to play with the Foo Fighters and they were playing like gyms and like little clubs and he was like this guy really wants to be in our band why <laughs> like yeah i mean i mean looking at that alanis morissette at the time was like one of the biggest artists yeah. in the world yeah. yeah but there it's not alanis morissette and her band it's right. alanis morissette and who the nobody knows who her backing right. band is so the foo fighters were mid 90s 
96 is that when he came out with the um, first it had to have been i think 94 is when he first started writing but that doesn't make sense because nirvana was still um, yeah because Alanis morissette was early 90s most most I mean, of it that was, i remember she was just just 90s. The 90s yeah yeah foo fighters active 94 to present yeah Okay. Um, so Dave Grohl started the Foo Fighters as a one-man project following the dissolution of Nirvana after the suicide of Kurt Cobain, which was in 94, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I mean, he started it because he needed an outlet because he couldn't play music anymore with his, you know, friends. So Right. Um, this is Alanis Morissette has been active since 1986, which is fucking wild, but um, she didn't have a hit. Jagged Little Pill was her I would say biggest album and that mm-hmm. was 1995 yeah he was playing with her and then was like yeah I mean but she was fucking huge yeah yeah and I I mean I would say it was a good move because she was on her way I mean she had just gotten to the peak I would say but where else do you go from there and he joined up with the Foo Fighters who were only gonna get bigger mm-hmm. and I would argue that now they're bigger than they've ever been yeah so it's only been uphill for the last 20 years that he's been a part of it. Yeah, I mean, they have some albums that are like, eh. <laughs> but They've still always been a staple. Yeah. They've always been a staple since they really made it. Um, I mean, our my radio station now, our alternative station, we probably play the Foo Fighters more than anything. Nick plays two in a row sometimes. Yeah, that's on purpose. I know you've told me before. You're like, hey, you guys played two Foo Fighter songs in a row, and I was like, hey, were we supposed to do this? Yeah, I'm like, I'm and not complaining. It's just weird. Yeah, no, no, no. Because I had one. Format. I had one the other day, and I was like, we like the Foo Fighters so much, we play them twice yeah. in a row. And I asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, that's that's on purpose. We do that on purpose because we like them. Oh, yeah, you'll do the- it with some bands like the Foo Fighters, Green Day. Uh. I can't think of anybody else. It's really mostly just the Foo Fighters. Like, that's that's Good, it. As it should be. They don't have mandatory Metallica? No. Oh. Not on the alternative station. I have a, like, that's a rock station older <laughs> Foo Fighters shirt that, like, doesn't fit right now because I'm fat and pregnant. But um, <laughs> I was like, Thanks, I, like, I should wear this to work. And then I was like, I can't wear this to work. Didn't if I, I go like you, this. You got me a tote bag. I, still I got you it. a tote bag at... We were Austin supposed to see them last year. City limits or something. But then, yeah, my friend was actually going to Boston Calling, and she was like, "I don't think they're gonna play." And I was no, like, they probably no, not. they've they canceled, canceled all of yeah. their shows, which is understandable. And I just read a thing before, like right before we started recording, that said they canceled their Grammys performance, which they, yes, of course, yeah, because yeah, that's like next should. week, isn't it? It's soon. It's like yeah, I think it's, I think it's this weekend. So I think by the time this episode comes out, the Grammys will have already happened. So they're right. supposed to do a tribute to Taylor Hawkins, but the Foo Fighters are not going to participate, which no. nobody should expect them to. No, not so. at all. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's, that's pretty much it for this mini episode. Um, thank you guys for listening and supporting our show and um yeah we appreciate it and also rest in peace title conference yes and also goodbye later Music by Demons, at Demons Band on Instagram. Artwork by Mike Johnson. Writing and production by Cassie Gardner, Alex Motler, and Jake.